The only reason that you can sit here this morning with a steadfast understanding of who Jesus is is because it has been revealed to you. Just as it was revealed to Peter in Caesarea Philippi 2,000 years ago that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus rejoiced that it was not flesh and blood that had revealed it to him, but his Father who is in heaven. And so if you can sit here this morning and you can proclaim, you can... You can accept the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. It has been revealed to you from above. Think about that. That's wonderful. That's awesome. We're all recipients of God's grace this morning. It's only by His grace. It's only by His grace. Praise God. But I just want us to think this morning, just for a few minutes, about what Jesus said about Himself. You know, these were powerful words spoken within that context. Jesus was with his disciples, and he was in the upper room. You can read about it from John chapter 13 through to John chapter 17. He finishes, he culminates really in his high priestly prayer. And the fact is that, you know, these disciples have been walking with Jesus for, for more than three years now. And Jesus is preparing them, although he's tried before, you know, there's been times where he's dropped out what's going to happen to him. The disciples had a hard time understanding that. And you see different reactions and different responses from different disciples at different moments. But Jesus is now, he wants to prepare them for the fact that they're going to be separated from him. And so he gives them these words of encouragement. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, again, dwelling places, okay? If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And we need to understand the historical background of these words. And I think John's touched on it before in one of his stories. And he's the ancient Jewish lady. These were the words that were spoken by, by the, the groom to be at the ancient Jewish wedding. This is actually where they would, uh, um, they would establish the, the covenant, what they call the ketuvah, which was where they would, um, the, the engagement, if you like. And the dowry was settled and so on. And then what would happen is the groom would go away for a period of time, usually about one year, to prepare a place, usually on his father's house. Okay, they weren't like our culture where we kind of go off and live far away or whatever and we do our own thing. They tended to stay together in their families. But then they, they, he would go away and prepare the place. And just before he was departing from the bride to be, he would say to his bride, I will go and prepare a place for you. Wonderful. Just the way that Jesus said that to the disciples. He went away to his father's house to prepare a place for us. And as, as John has explained before, it was only the father who could decide when everything was ready and could say, Now go and fetch your bride. There's so many parallels, guys, with the things that Jesus said in the ancient Jewish wedding. I encourage you to, to look at that, to study it. It's beautiful. It speaks to us of the catching away of the church, what we refer to as the rapture of the church. It's a beautiful story, but it's not exactly that I want to talk about this morning. Because the conversation continues. Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Something I'd probably say. 
Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What do we learn this morning? Number one, it is Christ alone that leads us to the God. To God. It's Christ alone that leads us to God. I am the way. Ani ha-derev in the Hebrew. And it's an interesting word, derev, means a trodden way, a trodden path. I am the trodden path. He has gone before us, we've just heard now. As John was praying, he mentioned the fact that Christ has gone before us into the very presence of Almighty God to represent us as our great high priest. Hallelujah. We have a high priest in the presence of God who's represented us daily and interceding for us continuously. It is a little cold in this building, isn't it? Do we need to close that door at the back? We can see some of them are, uh, yeah. One or two are feeling the cold, I think. Sorry, John. That's it, that's it. Praise the Lord. I am the what a, what a claim. What an exclusive claim. That's what I love about Jesus. No mincing of the words. He can only speak truth, guys. He said, I am the way. Let me tell you today, we live in a society where people do not want to hear words like that. They do not want to hear words that are so exclusive. And you know, as a society moves further away from God and His Word, we're pressured into compromise. Or you can't be, you can't be so arrogant and ignorant and narrow-minded as to make a claim like that. That he's the only way to the Father. Surely there are many ways. Surely we've got to respect every religion. Let me tell you something. We have to respect the right of every individual to choose what they must believe. That does not mean we have to compromise the truth to satisfy anyone. Jesus said, I am the way. Just recently, have you ever been to the, the rock center? Roman ruins. It's not far from here. It's in Shropshire. Um, it's worth visiting, actually. But there is an ancient Roman road that runs right the way through, and you can see it. And, and the, the Roman road goes, it goes down to the coast. And if you were to follow that road, you could go over onto the continent and pick up the road, and it would take you to Rome. And we all know this saying, don't we? All roads lead to Rome. Go away and have a look on Google and have a look at the, the network of Roman roads that, that spread out all across the Roman Empire for miles and miles and miles. But all of these roads led to the same place. And you know what I'm going to say. And that is, it kind of sums up the thinking within society today. For those that do have a faith in God or some kind of a higher power, all roads lead to Rome. And that is the way that things are going, friends, within organised religion. And what, what is happening, happening right now, and I believe you can see this in the scriptures as well. You know that it's coming about, a, we see a new world order that's been trying, trying to be established in, in the earth. And, and, and the world will come about, I believe, a, a one world religion where you might have different expressions, but all roads lead to Rome. And now we can claim exclusivity. It's going to be very unpopular. It's unpopular now. It's going to get worse, friends. 
But Jesus said 2,000 years ago, the Son of God declared, I am the way. I am the way. There is no other way to God than through the Son of God. Why? Because it is God that establishes it. It is God the Father that sent the Son into the world. It is His way, the way He chose. And we need to remember that. Jesus is the only way to salvation. Acts chapter 4 verse 12, this was the preaching, this was the, the message of the early church. Nor is there salvation in, in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. There's no other way. He is the only way to salvation. He is God's way to salvation. He is the only way through which we may draw near to God. Think about the tabernacle. Again, John spoke on this before. The one thing you see in the tabernacle, you see there is a prescribed way from heaven. The instructions are given from heaven. And when, when someone draws near, you know the tabernacle and the temple, it talks about barriers really. It's about barriers. And, and I guess those barriers are for self-protection because you're drawing near to a holy God. And not it wasn't anybody that could just draw near to a holy God in that way. And so these tabernacles, he talked about the barriers that were in place. And we can see that up to a certain point the people were able to bring their sacrifices. But then after that point it was only the priests that were able to go into the holy place and minister in the holy place. But they weren't allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. Only once a year the high priest of Israel was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And that not without blood, the blood of sacrifice. Why? Because he was drawing near to the mercy seat. He was drawing near to the presence of God that was manifest above the mercy seat. The holiest place on the face of the earth. And we see in Leviticus chapter 9 and Leviticus chapter 10, we see when the priests, those first priests, just after the tabernacle had been constructed. And then just things were just about to bring it, begin the sacrifice and so on. We see that, that, that those priests, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, attempted to go in, in their own way. They attempted to draw near to God their own way. And the Bible says they presented strange fire before God. And there's some debate about what exactly that strange fire was. But the response from the Holy God was instant. And the Bible says that fire went out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. They were struck down in the presence of God. Why? Because we've got to come to God on His terms, not on ours. <coughs> They're on His terms. And let me tell you that the tabernacle and the temple later, all sacrifices and all these things were pointing forward to one way. Jesus. You can see Jesus right the way through the tabernacle. It's an awesome study. It's another thing you've got to study for your whole week. He is the only way through which we may draw near to God. It's the way of sacrifice, isn't it? He was willing to lay down his own life, the sinless Lamb of God, so that we might know forgiveness, that we might come into fellowship with a holy God. Thirdly, Jesus is also the way to holiness. Holiness. The Jews would think of the way of holiness or righteousness in Isaiah 35 verse 8. The Bible talks about a road, a highway of holiness that they would one day walk upon. 
Let me tell you that Jesus is that way of holiness. The trouble is that the Jews, they were ignorant of God's righteousness and they sought to establish their own righteousness and they've not submitted to the righteousness of God. In their vain attempts to walk in holiness, they've made a mess of it. They've made a mess of it. Because there's only one way, friends. The one way to holiness and righteousness is Jesus. It's only Jesus that can produce in you, and you as you are in Him, to produce the fruit of a holy and righteous lifestyle. That which He wants us to live. Only in Him. Jesus is the way. Jesus does not just point the way. Jesus is the way. The only way. The psalmist said in Psalm 27 verse 11, Teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me about Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Despite the pressures, we must not compromise this foundational principle nowadays. I know this is ABCs, but sometimes we have to do right advice. Because it's interesting how many people, you know, because of our compassion, sometimes we compromise. We've got to be careful with compassionate compromise. We can be compassionate. We can love others. We can respect others. But we mustn't compromise the truth of His Word. Either it is the truth or it's not. Either it is the way and the only way to the Father or it's not. There's no sitting on the fence. Jesus made it very clear those who are not for me are against me. Hallelujah. Secondly, Christ alone reveals God. Christ alone reveals God. What does he say? I am the way, the truth. The truth. The definite article, truth. I am the truth. Not a truth. I am the truth. ha Emet in the Hebrew. There you go. Which means absolute certainty. Absolute certainty. Hallelujah. And I just remember Jesus before Pilate, you know, at the trial, and, and, and he says, the Bible says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then Pilate came back with the question, what is truth? What is truth? And there are people who are asking that question today, what is truth? You see, our society does not like in these days, it does not like the idea of absolutes. It doesn't. It likes the idea of, of, of relative truth. You know what's true for you might not be true for me, but that's okay. Because that's how they've got to live. That's the thinking behind many within our society. And I always like to compare it to, to is it modern art? Oh, I've probably asked you this before. Any modern artists here? And, 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 and you know, with all due respect, guys, I've got difficulty with modern art because there are times. It just looks to me 
Like they've got a tin of paint and just thrown different colours of paint all up. And they'll hang it on the wall and you see them going to the galleries. And you've got really intelligent people who stand there and look at it. They're seeing elephants <coughs> or giraffes. You know, it's somebody else will go in and they'll look at the same picture. You know, they, 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 they might be seeing crocodiles or something else. And someone else who's standing there will stand there for hours and they're just amazed. And I'll stand there looking at them. <laughs> I'm talking just found the tin of paint. And some people are treating the truth like that today. You know, it just depends on your interpretation. It's what you see that matters, not what everybody else. You know, it's what you see. You decide what truth is and what truth isn't. Truth can't be truth if it's relative, guys. It can't be truer, more true, or less true. Either it is the truth or it isn't. Go away and meditate upon that judgment. Friends, Jesus is the truth. He's the truth in, in, in the sense that he is the true representation of God. He's the true representation of God. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says that he's the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Jesus of Nazareth, he is the brightness of the glory of God and the express image of his person. <coughs> Interesting word that the, the Greek express image it describes the impression a seal leaves on wax. You know, like if you get the, the, how they used to seal the ancient manuscripts and letters, royal letters, and the kings used to seal with their rings. And you get a perfect impression of that ring into the wax, which would authenticate the document, yes? That's the word that's being used here. That's the word, it's the exact representation. If you want to know what the Father is like, look to the Son. Look to Jesus, who perfectly represents him. All of the Godhead was dwelling within him in bodily form. Wow. It's awesome. And so Jesus is the one we need to look to, not to any others, not to wise sages or teachers, not to the Buddha, not to, not to Hinduism, not to all of these others, as wise as they may consider themselves. Jesus is God in flesh. God in flesh. Hallelujah. <coughs> His word is truth. His word is truth. Truth. Jesus said about the disciples, and he's speaking about us to sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Everything that he revealed from the Father, everything that he spoke, hallelujah, on the Father's authority was the truth. The truth. Praise God. You can trust it. If, if it's the truth, you can trust it. You can, you can bet your life on it, can't you? You know, we're not just talking about someone who is honest. It's good to be with honest people. And you can trust honest people. We're not talking about somebody who is honest, friends. Just honest. We are talking about the embodiment of truth. The embodiment of truth. The question is, do we take him at his word? 
If he is the truth, do we fully trust that he is the truth? In our daily walk with him, do we trust in his word? Is he a truth amongst many? Or is he the truth? Do we trust him completely? Something to think about. Finally, what do we see? We see that Christ alone gives life. Christ alone gives life. I am the way, the truth, and the life.
continuously yielding and acknowledging, Lord, it's not something I can do on my own. It's not something a New Year's resolution is going to bring about. It's only as your life, as I receive from you that life continuously, and as you cultivate that fruit in my life. And that means that we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You may be sitting and you may think, well, you know, I'm not feeling very patient at the moment. And yet I know that the, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is, is his patience. And that's what we say. We come before the Lord. Lord, be careful what you pray, boss. Lord, Lord, I recognize that I'm not where I should be with my patience or whatever, you, you know. Lord, cultivate that fruit in me. Lord, I, I want to experience that. I want to I display that fruit, good fruit, Lord. I may get ready. As he gets his tools out and starts to prune and do what he needs to do in your life to bring back that fruit. But it's only the, the life, the heavenly life, eternal life, the life that is in the Son, that is in the Father, that is in the Spirit, that is in you, that will bring that about. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He who has the Son has life. You does not have the Son of God does not have life. You're in or you're out. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10, I have come that they may have life. They may have life. And friends, again, please don't misunderstand that. That does not mean that you will not go through trials and difficulties in this life. There is a life to come. There is a life after this life if you want. Where we will, we will we will experience the fullness of everything that Jesus has paid for. Everything that Jesus has for us. Right now it could be difficult. Right now you might be going through difficulties and there might be some suffering and pain. But that does not mean you do not have that life within you. And one day, as you stay connected, friends, one day, as we've heard this morning, you will be raised from the dead. You will be raised from the dead to inherit the fullness of the kingdom of God. That's the promise. That's at the heart of the gospel message. Resurrection. Resurrection. Hallelujah. Paul once declared, and he understood it, for me, to live is Christ. To live is Christ. And how he surrendered himself continuously to that. There is no true life outside of Christ. There is only spiritual darkness and death. And this includes all the vain attempts of man to reach God, to, to, to you know, achieve betterment through religious efforts. There are so many that are following codes of religious conduct and so on, trying to be that better, just that better person, trying to improve themselves, you know, in the presence of God, so they might be good enough. So there's that sense of, oh, well, I'm good enough now. The trouble is, it's like chasing the wind. You never reach it. You can never grasp it. You never get there. You just get worn out trying all the time. And so what we need to do is stop trying in that sense and start trusting. That's why he came. That's why he paid your price. That's why he went to the cross of Calvary for you. Hallelujah. His life is in us. And he wants to live through us. Have we come into the realisation of that heavenly life? Do you know that today? The life, eternal life, the life of Christ is in you because he is in you. And 
you are in him. That's true Christianity. That's true Christianity. You being in him. He being in you. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if you remain in him, he will remain in you. And you will produce good fruit. You will produce fruit. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one. No matter how good, no matter how wise, no matter how, how respected, no one comes to the Father except through me. Spies. Thank you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Now, if you leave this place this morning, you can say in your heart, Lord, I've heard that word and I receive it as your truth. Then praise God. There are many who can't accept that. Many. In the name of tolerance love and so many other things that today's world is being deceived by. There are so many who can't make that claim, who can't accept that claim. But we as followers of Jesus, we have to be narrow-minded in this place.
worship the Lord with 